Thanks for tuning in to the Free World Podcast. Uh, we're here with Vita Ortega. She is a pro flyweight, currently fighting for Bellator. She's had a handful of fights for them and been doing great things for herself, her career, for women's MMA, and for Bellator. We had a great conversation, had an awesome time with Vita. What do you think, man? Uh, awesome story, Vita's. Uh, she's got a cool family. I know her brother. You know her brother. Um, fighting background is like phenomenal these guys are just killers so uh it's gonna be exciting to watch her career kind of develop and uh, as she progresses and climbs these ranks through bellator get that belt absolutely her next fights on september 21st for bellator in boise idaho if you want to watch it it's going to be shown on paramount it used to be the spike network if you're in town show up buy tickets it's going to be a great time it's a great card and she's going to be on the main card. Yeah, support your local talent. We got a lot of guys um, locally. And uh, how many girls? Is it just you? Or are you the only girl on yeah. on the card locally? Yep. Cool. So make sure that you go out and you support these guys and gal, and mm-hmm. uh, and make sure that you don't miss any of this uh, awesome talent. Definitely. Well, listen to Vita's story. Stick around and hear it. Th- thanks for tuning in. See ya. So you were fighting your first fight, Bellator, in Boise. That was how many years ago? Two years ago. Two years ago? That was two okay. years ago, yeah. That must have been crazy, like fighting in hometown. I know, And yeah. your Bellator debut? Yes, That's it was nuts. so crazy. And it was my second pro fight. So your second pro fight. So you have a pro fight that's in Boise, like Front Street Fights. And then your second pro fight is for Bellator. Bellator is like, other than the UFC, probably the biggest oh, yeah. MMA pr- promotion out there. No, it I mean, is. There's like one that's over in Asia, but as far as like worldwide, yeah. Bellator is pretty big. Yeah, it is big. And I think a lot of fighters from the UFC are moving to Bellator. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting because it used to be like when they moved to Bellator, you'd think it was like, oh, well, they've had their run in the UFC. This is kind of the step down from there where they can, you know, still get some good fights and stuff. Mm-hmm. But really, a lot of them are stepping up. Like Ryan Bader's better now than he's ever been. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's nuts. It's crazy. So your your first fight in Bellator. I mean, what was that like? Your second pro fight, Bellator. Yeah, there, it was. there was a lot of challenges going into that fight because I used to fight at 135. And my second pro fight was at 125. Mm-hmm. So... I was trying not to make the fight be bigger in my head than what it like than what I was picturing it to be. I was like, okay, this is just another fight, but you have to cut to 125 now, and I've never had that weight cut before. So, I was going in there with a lot of like challenges, but also excitement. What's the game plan like when you drop a weight class? Cuz we're talking about 10 pounds of weight and you're you're already at 135 so when we talk about 10 pounds it's a pr- pretty good percentage of your body weight right that you're going to be dropping down right is it like i'm just going to cut that extra weight or is it i need to get my walk around weight down and cut from there well the smart thing to do is probably get my walking weight down and then cut from there so that's what i've learned to do mm-hmm. with you know practice like trial and error i was like doing practice cuts I'm like, okay, I can get down a little bit lower, walking around weight, still feeling strong, making sure that 
I wasn't cutting water out too soon, any of that stuff, because you hear about stuff like that all the time. Some of the fighters being too dehydrated and not being able to compete. Oh, for sure. They get so, on the scale. And I mean, there's been canceled fights in the past yeah, year or so yeah. because people are too dehydrated. So I just want to make sure that I'm just doing it smart. So yeah, so my second fight was 125. So I was like, okay, I can do it. Unfortunately, I didn't make weight that time just because it was my first time making it. Mm -hmm. But um, I was like, oh, sorry to, to my coaches like Jesse and everybody, but... I still was focused on the task. I knew I had a job to do, sure. and I knew it was going to be a good opportunity if I was to fight for Bellator, just because, well, it's Bellator, like we had talked about earlier. It's right underneath the UFC, right. or right up there with the UFC. So I was like, okay, now it's fight time. And I was prepping, because I was on the prelim card, and I was warming up, and I was getting ready to go before the main card, because as soon as the main card starts, it's live. So if you are on the prelim and you haven't had a chance to fight yet, you have to wait until the main card is over and then you fight. So I was getting warmed up thinking I was going to fight before the main card. And then they told me, oh, you have to wait and you're going to be fighting after the main card. So I'm like, oh, okay. And you have um, like a roller coaster, different emotions, having adrenaline, then you kind of like get tired and then you might overthink, you might not overthink, you have to be focused. And then I was like, okay, we'll I have to figure this out to make sure that I time it right. Main card went on. Then Scott Tometz, one of my teammates, he fought. And then I ended up fighting. So I ended up being the last fight. So I was kind of like the main event. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that was kind of cool. But, um, yeah, and I performed well. I, you know, it was a good, a good challenge for me. I, it was against Jackie. And then after that, um, Bellator offered me a fight against Anastasia Yankova, and that's when I fought in Texas. Yeah, that's it's crazy. That's got to be crazy, <laughs> though, because, like, a lot of people don't think about it, but when you're warming up for that fight, mm -hmm. it's not just physical. You're not just, like, you know, getting your hands warm, get your body warm, getting a little sweat going. Right. There's that mental preparation. You're about to step on stage. You're yeah. about to get in a fight, and you're fighting for Bellator. There's right. a lot of, like, mental stuff. And then now it's like, oh, hey, um, it's going to be, like, three or four hours, so you yeah. just hang out. Yeah. Like, what a, what a roller coaster that Yeah, see, been. that was a roller coaster. So I, I was like, man, this is kind of challenging. But I was just well composed, and I just would always take deep breaths and just make sure I was focused, just staying focused. Like, my time's going to be up. You know, don't think about it. If anything, I try to relax as much as possible or take a nap or meditate, and then I'll get up and move around. And then I trust my coaches and my cornermen. They, they're really good about keeping track. Like you're on deck, when to warm up, when to get started. So I trust them so much and that it works out every time. That's awesome. Yeah. It's nice to, nice to do that. I can imagine it, you know, going in there alone, right. just kind of making it up yourself. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't, I don't know well, I'm really lucky. That. I have my brother in my corner, so it's like my security blanket. Sure. And he's a very experienced fighter too. Exactly. Well, that's awesome. So today we're chatting with Vita Ortega. She's a flyweight fighter for Bellator. She's got a pro record of four and two. She's coming off a unanimous decision win over Emily Ducote back in July. That was, man, that seems like yesterday. I know. That's pretty quick. And then you're fighting again on September 21st in Boise. You're fighting Denise Keelholtz. Have you had this quick of a turnaround before in your career? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is crazy because before I fought Emily, my manager, Alfred, um, I was talking to him, and he had told me before I went out to Oklahoma, he called me and he goes, I know you're a vet. So I'm just going to throw this out there so you don't get surprised. But Bellator's coming back in September. And I said, oh, okay, thanks for the heads up. But focus on your fight. 
and I was like, oh, got it. And he's like, and good luck, and you're going to do great. And I said, okay, thanks. I went out there, and um, some of the Bellator crew, they came up to me, and they're like, hey, we're going back to Boise, because they really liked Boise. So I was like, oh, sweet. Yeah, I heard. So I'm glad that my manager told me ahead of time, so I didn't get caught off guard and be like, whoa, wait, you are? Mm-hmm. Am I going to be on the card? And start asking questions. So um, I thought that was cool, and I had told him before he had called me, before I went into the camp going into fighting Emily, I said, hey, last year was not my year. It was like a shitty year for me. I was like, I was not as active as I'd like to be. So 2018, as cliche as it sounds, I want to make it my year. So after I have a fight, I want a quick turnaround. I don't care if win or lose, as long as I perform well, I want a quick turnaround. And he said, all right, cool. So it's crazy that I went out there, fought Emily, and then I'm having a quick turnaround and I'm having it in my backyard. So I'm so just trusting it. I'm just trusting it. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. I mean, geez, talk about the stars aligning. Right? I mean, so it sounds like regardless of whether it was in Boise, you're you're pretty well ready to just go again. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I feel like, like I tell you, it sounds cliche, but I was like, this is my year. Like, I'm on a mission. I'm 30, and I'm right. I know that I can be up to the top, and I'm not getting any younger, and I know that this is this fighting journey is very temp. So I want to enjoy every step of it, but at the same time, I need to be focused to get to the top because I really want that belt, and I know I'm not far away from that, but I can't overlook any fights. So I'm not overlooking Denise at all. I know it's going to be a good fight. For sure. Yeah, I'm super excited. So with these quick turnovers, um, is it easier for you to transition back into a new camp having less time off from a previous fight just because you're already coming off being prepared already for that fight um or is it more stressful on your body is it more difficult to recover like so, do you do you like the rolling fights back to back almost yes and more so than taking six months off yes okay and for two reasons well i like how i was talking about how i trust my cornerman matt may after this last fight with emily i was ready to jump in into camp and he saw me at um on a Friday night at Free Roll Open Max, I just love doing jujitsu, and he was like, "Hey, still enjoy your victory," because he knew I was gonna have a quick turnaround. He's like, "Still enjoy it. You're gonna have lots of time. You're not a, you're not out of shape. You're not starting from the very bottom." Because when I fought Emily, I started from the very very bottom. Like my weight was a little bit higher. My health was really low. Like in 2017, it was just. I think I fought maybe just. I fought twice. I fought at the beginning of the year and then towards the end of the year. So I had like a layover and then I got unhealthy. And now that I'm healthy, I'm like thriving off of it. I'm mm-hmm. still hungry for it. And I'm just taking it one fight at a time. And so then I celebrated. Now I'm focused on the mental preparation. This is a new opponent. I have a different game plan, but I also have the same desire statement. That's to go out there and perform mm-hmm. my best and fight in my hometown and get that W. That's yeah. awesome, yeah. for sure. That's that's great. And it's got to be it's got to be in the back of your mind always, you know, when you finish a fight just knowing like you've taken not a lot of damage, I mean, relatively, you know, as far as in the fight in your last fight. Yeah. You know, so coming out of it, of course, there's always the bumps and bruises, but nothing that would keep you from having a quick turnaround, right? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So like if I'm healthy, Alfred, I want a quick turnaround mm-hmm. and I came out healthy. So now here we are. So boom. There we, there we go. <laughs> I'm going to fight here in a couple of days. It's so crazy to think about. But I'm so excited. So it's fight week. 
No, not yet. Not a so couple ten, of weeks. No, in a couple of weeks. I was going to say a couple of weeks. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so with camp, do you trail off towards how far in advance of the fight? Like, when do you stop your actual conditioning and training? Like, your. So I like to stop maybe fight week for sure because I'm just focusing on just cutting like the rest of like my water weight and stuff and making sure I'm making weight. Um, the week before that's when we start kind of just easing back on the strength and conditioning, mostly recovery. I'm just making sure my body's well stretched, icing, doing anything, PRP, if I, that needs to be done, which I usually do some PRP treatments, but I usually do it three weeks before competition because it takes a while to actually like be noticeable. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just kind of fight week is when I kind of ease up. But you go hard physically. up until fight week. Yeah. Cool. Like I feel like that might be, you know, like my advantage as far as keeping my cardio up. I don't know. So with the atten- intensity of training for fights, you find out at SBG Idaho. Yeah. T- bunch of fighters. Pretty good sized gym. Are you selective at all about who you train with? Because, you know, in the past couple of years a lot of really big fights have been sidelined by injuries in training camp. That's usually where things go wrong, especially when there's takedowns and, you know, jujitsu on the mats, things go wrong. Are you selective at all about who you train with or is it just like whoever, I'm just going to smash you and get ready? Um, when I'm in camp, yes. Uh, yes, I'm very selective. Um, when I'm not in camp, I'll go with whoever. I just feel like, oh, yeah, we can go together. It doesn't matter what size you are. But when I'm in camp, yes, just because I have a higher risk of getting hurt, and that's my income. It's like I'm not doing this for fun. If there's an accident, I don't want any, you know, an accident headbutt. I just like to go with people that um, are more my size Mm -hmm. or a female. Females going with females, I just think it's different. But, um in jiu-jitsu, I, I don't mind so much, but as far as sparring, yeah, for sure. Mm. I'm not going to probably go with you, Cam. Like, my right. opponent's not that tall. Right. So how tall are you? 6'3". Yeah, see? My opponent's yeah. not 6'3", so there would I wouldn't really benefit from it. You know, all that sparring I do, I'm <laughs> sad, that, uh, sad that we haven't got in there, Rita. <laughs> how tall are you, Tim? 6'2", 6'2 and a half, yeah. Yeah, see, I'm 5'4". Depends so. on if I'm in heels <laughs> or not. Oh, nice. Um... <laughs> Do you watch a lot of film on your opponents? Do you watch film or you just go in there blind and you you just work on your game and that's it? I just focus on myself. I feel like I have in the sport. I feel like you have to focus on yourself. I will watch film on her or maybe I've watched her fight in the past. Like I watch a lot of girls from Invicta and I like to support women's MMA and you never know if you might fight them one day. So I like to follow women's MMA. So as soon as I find out like you're fighting Denise, I you know I watched a little bit of film just to kind of know who she. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember her, and we're friends on social media. It's nowadays you're just friends with social media, and then you have to put that aside and be like, okay, now we're about to fight. Because mm-hmm. that's what happened with Emily as well. But um, yeah, it. Do you trash talk a lot? No, that's because no. that's not my style. Do girls not trash talk a lot? I don't know. I don't so, ever hear any do. like McGregor's of the female. <laughs> I mean, you world. remember Ronda Rousey? She was. Oh yeah, yeah, everybody. she was pretty good. Yeah, she was good. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but. Uh, not nowadays. I noticed a lot of people, uh, like, um, what's her name? Mackenzie Dern's opponents. Like, they, yeah. like, flex on her and get all mad and don't shake hands and don't touch gloves. Yeah. I don't know what the deal is. I but don't there's know. definitely, like, some people who who seem to ha- have a target on their Well, rock. I guess Joanna's sure. like that, too, in weigh-ins, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, for she sure. ducks under her mm-hmm. opponent and gets in their face, which I don't know. Like, to me, that's just not me. Like, I just like to look at you straight in the eye and know 
this is a job. Like, if you get in my face, I don't know. Nobody's ever done that, so I don't know how mm. I would react. I don't think you would get a reaction out of me. I'm pretty sure you wouldn't, but because we're not fighting. I'd be stupid. like, oh, I'm like, yeah, because we're not fighting, but I do know we're both there to fight tomorrow, like the next day. More for entertainment purposes yeah. and for a paycheck than to yeah. to settle a score. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's no intimidation to be done. You there. both signed the contract. You know you're going to fight. Exactly. Well, what's the point? Yeah. You're already going to get but, Yeah, there. so that's just not my style. I'm I'm the same way, though. Yeah. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't talk. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't have, like, much of a talking game. I'd just be pretty quiet. I'm just like, all right, dude. Th- that's <laughs> well, how I, I mean, am. We're going to be fighting eventually, so. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'll I'll talk then. That's where it's going to I've never be been a trash anyway. talker. Yeah. Mm. No need to mm. be. No need to be. I'm just not good <laughs> at it. No. I'd fumble my words. <laughs> that's funny well we're excited for you this big fight coming up on uh september 21st here in boise idaho so take us back to the beginning vita where do you come from so i was born and raised in burley idaho i have three siblings three older siblings i'm the youngest the only girl and the youngest in my family so maybe that's why i'm a fighter I know people ask me, why do you fight? And I'm like, well, I like challenging myself. And ma- I think I'm just born to do this. It's crazy. Well, one of your brothers, Freddie Ortega, we mentioned him earlier. He's a pro fighter. He's seven and six, a flyweight for Combate Americas, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So you, you got a couple fighters in the family. Any other fighters in the family, either now or historically? <laughs> I mean, where I does know, this ma- come from? Maybe my parents. No, no I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's funny because when my dad, when he's up here, he still lives in Burley. He'll go to the gym. He's like... He'll tell me, tell me in Spanish. He's like, you got to move both ways. You can't just move to your left. And growing up, I remember watching um, like the Tyson fights, mm-hmm. like our parents, like getting the pay-per-view fights and stuff. So I've always been around it. I just never, I didn't know I would be here like doing it. And now people are watching me fight. It's crazy. You're, you were never like a little kid with hopes and dreams getting in there and no, like making a statement. But it, I always felt like I was going to be like in some sort of like, um, entertainment i just didn't know what because i like play i played basketball i was a cheerleader i was like i need to be i'm like i feel like i need to be doing something of entertainment you were a cheerleader yeah i was a cheerleader in eighth grade that's crazy isn't that crazy i so, I so don't see it <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious oh, that's funny. i don't know you do have good later. kicks though so <laughs> that's so funny yeah so your brother's a fighter, nobody else in the no, family, but else, no what one. do they think? Like, what do they think of, of you, the baby of the family, the girl of the family, getting in there and throwing hands? Yeah. Well, they support me, that's for sure. What they think, I don't know. I think, I think that they love it because that's when I'm the happiest. It's, it's crazy. That's when I feel like the most alive, and they know that I love it. And my dad even told me that. He's like... I'm never going to hold you back from doing what you love. And nobody sends you out there. If this is what you love, then go do it. And he's like, and I'll support you. I'm like, thanks, Dad. Like, it's the as, best support as, you yeah, can exactly. Get. I was like, thanks. And my mom's the same way. And my brothers are the same way. My brother Bobby always goes to all of my fights. Even the ones that are far away. No kidding. He went to Oklahoma. Yeah. He's so supportive. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. It's, I have a, a lot of support. So if I didn't have that support, I definitely wouldn't be here. Like, fighting here in a couple of weeks and mm-hmm. feeling balanced with this fight like I feel great and it's just crazy because I have the mental support when you have those off days and then the physical support because I train with my brother and mm-hmm. if I want an extra pad session I got one in today with him so it's pretty cool yeah that's a, that's a great resource I mean mm-hmm. that's pretty unique nobody else uh 
uh, that I know of that has that. No, not I don't think brother and sister. I think you hear about brothers sure. like you know Pettis, the boys like right. Sergio and Anthony. So yeah. is there ever like a you know Thanksgiving dinner? You're just sitting around talking about fights and training camps and all that stuff, or do you ever just put it aside and just have like a normal brother sister relationship? No, we all, we're always talking about fighting. <laughs> it's funny, always. Like even the Ultimate Fighter show, the the I think is it the. 145 for women, the Ultimate Fighter show. It just started. Oh, really? Yeah. What is it, season like 54 I, or something? I don't remember. Who are the coaches? I don't even remember now. Okay. That's Crap. crazy. 145ers. Yeah. That's good. There's a bunch of talented 145ers yeah, out well, there. Yeah, because Cyborg's I'm... in that division. Oh, yeah, she is a monster. She's a beast. Man. She is. And her jawline is so pronounced. She's she's jacked. All of her musculature is so pronounced. Yeah. yeah. She she's is very jacked. masculine. Yeah. yeah. And the funny thing is, is like when people talk about Chris Cyborg, that's what they talk about is she's so like strong. She's so, you know, she fights super hard. But I think one of the most underrated things about Chris Cyborg is she's one of the most accurate strikers. Mm-hmm. I mean, if she wants to hit you in the right side of your face near your eye, she it's like yeah. a laser. Yeah. She's one of the most accurate, hard hitting punchers and strikers yeah. out there. I mean, for my money back when a couple of years ago, they were like, well, what would happen if, you know, Chris Cyborg fought in the 145 pound men's division? I was like, she'd wreck a bunch of people. Yeah. For, for no, real. Yeah, she's, she's an animal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've never had a chance to like meet her or anything. Oh, she looks things. really tall too. Really? She, I don't know. Is I she, don't know I, don't, she is. I don't know how tall I know she is. It, no I, well, she fought Gina Carano too. And mm-hmm. that's what's crazy too. Like Scott Coker is the owner of Bellator, mm-hmm. and he's the one that introduced women's MMA. He used to own Strike Force, mm-hmm. and that's how women's MMA got introduced. There's Ramisha Tate. That's she right. That original um, she, that belt that she won. They had like a one night tournament. Yeah, was and, it? Yeah, it was oh, like wow. it was like four fighters, and then they had one fight. The winners of that went on. It was like old UFC style. Yeah, where it was an actual like one night tournament, which was crazy because I thought that was outlawed years ago mm. to do that. But eh, Elite XC did it. Yeah, she got a belt, and I mean we all know what happened after that. That's crazy. She went on to good things. Yeah. So you got this good relationship with Freddie. I yeah. mean, he's really responsible for Vita the MMA fighter. He isn't is. He? he is. Like. So how'd that get started? So um, let's see. I well, so you asked me where I was from. So I grew up in Burley, Idaho, mm-hmm. and then after that, I moved to Twin Falls, and um, I lived with my friends, and I went to CSI, and I was young and partied, and <laughs> you know, I was drinking and just having this lifestyle that I didn't know if that was me or not. And we partied so much that we got evicted. <laughs> and I was going to move back with, with my parents back to Burley. And I was talking to Freddie and I was telling him the situation on how my weekend went. And I'm probably going to have to move back home. And he was like, don't move back home. He's like, because Burley's a really small town. Mm-hmm. And he's like, just come, come up here to Boise and you can, you know, go to BSU and stuff like that. And I was like, all right. So I was like, I'll think about it. And I came up here on a weekend. I still had my stuff in my car. And wow. yeah, that's because I was like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to be doing. I don't know what to do with my life. And so um, I came up here on the weekend and he was like, just stay here. Like, and I was like, okay. And so then I got a job and I worked at like, um, oh, Planet Beach at a tanning salon. I worked there for a while and then I worked at a Head Start. And then I was like, man, I should like do something. Cause I see Freddie training all the time. Mm-hmm. And, Combat Fitness, it used to be in Garden City. 
And that's when um, I'd go out there and I'd go watch him. And Scott Jorgensen um, said that. He told Freddie, he's like, your sister can train here. She doesn't always have to just sit there and watch. And I was like, okay, cool. So I asked Freddie, will you teach me the counts so I don't do class and make a fool out of myself? And he would kind of just show me what to do. And then I started taking classes there. And then I just felt good about it. I was like, this is so cool. And then at the same time, I was like, this is going to get me back into shape because at that time, I like wait. I got on the scale, and like I told you, I was just partying, not I just didn't ca- almost like didn't care, which is so sad. But I got on the scale, and I was like, "Man, I weigh one ninety eight, and I'm five four. Wow! And I was just partying and drinking. Like it's crazy to think because I fight at one twenty five now. A so college freshman fifteen yeah. is real, <laughs> isn't it? Man, that was not fifteen. I was like forty. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, "Great, this is crazy." I'm like, you know what? I'm like, this is. I need to start like caring about my health and start training and doing something and I started training and I fell in love with it and then so when did you decide hey you know what I, w- I want to give this competition thing a shot well it's crazy I had my first fight in September it's man September's my month I'm I loving guess. it <laughs> um, in September um, it was in 2012 and um, I was like nervous and Freddie's like are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I feel great, I think. Like, I didn't know what to think, and my mouth was dry, and I was, like, sweating. I was like, is this normal? Because I don't know what to think about this because I've never been in that situation. If you've ever fought, you don't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Well, if anything you do, you don't really know what to expect if you've ever done it. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to go out there and see what happens. And I didn't really know. Ju- I knew a little bit of jujitsu, but not a lot. And um, I was like, I'm just going to give it everything I got. Like, I've been training and I was healthy, and I fought at 135 in 2012, and actually won by a knockout. And it, right before they announced us, it was for a belt. So your very first amateur very- fight <laughs> is <laughs> for a belt. Introducing Vita Ortega, she's zero zero. Let's fight for this belt. It's yeah. prepping me for the future. For sure, There's another belt coming. They believed up. in me. No, that's really cool. Now that I think about it, that's awesome. And you won by knockout. How that? And feel? I won by a knockout. It felt great. I was like, holy shit, man, I did that. Like, I was so proud of myself. Like, I was like, that's so cool that. And, like, I won my first fight, and it was by a knockout. And then I took some time off of that. Um, I, I hurt my knee. had a meniscus injury in, like, 2013 or so. And then 2014, I fought again, and it was on Front Street. Front Street's very first fight. Really? The very first Front Street uh, fight? Yeah. Yeah, it was in like 2014. It was the very first one, and um, I fought uh, Billy, and that was my second amateur fight. And I remember just going in there and hitting her hard, and it knocked her down. So I know I know I have power apparently. So <laughs> it's 198 pounds. I still have that with me. <laughs> and so um, yeah, that's crazy. And I won. I won that fight by a rear naked choke. And so he started to learn a little jiu-jitsu at least yeah, at this point. Yeah, at that point, yeah. I'm still learning jiu-jitsu. That's what's cool about jiu-jitsu. You're always learning. Oh, for sure. I mean, even black belts, they, they always say they get their black belt, and you're just starting over, learning, learning new stuff. Always. And, and right it's now the little things, too. Mm-hmm. Do you train jiu-jitsu, Tim? I don't. Not, no? Not, not yet? yet. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I see all these no-gi posts that he posts, and I'm like, man, that looks fun. It's so much fun. All the memes it's that the he posts best. is what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> all the burly, bear-looking men. It's <laughs> exactly their, what it's like, too. In their singlets, that just so looking for the next no-gi class. Sh- yeah. That's, <laughs> that's the best. I love those memes, dude. I'm glad you enjoy them. 
No use my gym. I'll show up one of these days. You should. Do it, it, dude. It's just different. I've got a wrestling background, so I understand ground game. Yeah, I wrestled my entire childhood up until high school. So, I mean, I understand at least that aspect of Mm -hmm. um, being in a controlling situation like that. Or being in an uncontrolling situation like that, I guess, depending on where you're at. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, I should show up. It'd be fun. Definitely, dude. I know it's a completely different... Uh, take on a ground game but I think it would be something that I would transition into a little easier if I had not had a wrestling background mm-hmm. for yeah. sure for sure That's and I always crazy. tell people like this start jujitsu you know within like a week whether it's not for you or like this is the best thing ever mm-hmm. and you're never going to stop it's it's always one of the two and it happens like fairly quickly I think yeah free roll Friday is the best anyway you have so much fun yeah and so you're currently a purple belt, right? Yes. I tell you, I roll with some other purple belts at our gym. You do not feel like a purple belt, Vita. I, oh. <laughs> I, rolling with you like two years ago used to be like so much fun. And I was like, oh, hey, awesome. Oh, she got the arm bar. Cool. I love training with Vita. And I roll with you now, and I hate every minute <laughs> of like every round. It is the worst. Oh. And in like a good, I mean that as a compliment, but God, it's like, it's like a nightmare. Thanks. I'm taking it as a compliment. God, Thanks. Your wrestling has Thanks. just gone crazy lately yeah thank you is that something you specifically have been working on or has it just kind of come organically through training well i think it's just even like my confidence of just believing in myself now like my last fight like not in oklahoma but in 2017 like i was just off and i was like man i need to just start believing in myself and trusting myself and just go for it like i know i'm a good fighter i know that i have the skills i'm like i just need to start taking more risk mm-hmm. in my jujitsu because I always play defense a lot. And so that's what I've been noticing about myself is I'm just trusting it and not even questioning, like, should I go here? Am I going to get rolled? I just do it now. And thanks. I appreciate that, Cam. <laughs> that's, I know that's like a weird compliment. But, uh, <laughs> no, I like it. It's like it's a good compliment. It is a good compliment. You'll roll yeah. with Vita. And the only way I can compare it is like it's like if someone shoved you in a dryer and then turned on like the spin cycle and you're just, your body's just <laughs> everywhere getting attacked. Oh, thanks. So you're an Amy at this point. How yeah. many Amy fights did you have? Do you remember? I had four. I was four and one as an amateur. So that, so the, my, that was my second fight. We were talking about that. I felt like I was going through them. And then my third fight, um, I fought in Utah and it was for a show, um, Showdown. I think, yeah, Showdown. I think that's that was the promotion's name. And I went out there and I think I was just like not focused very well and I never traveled because both of my fights were here previously they were both in Boise and I was like I didn't really know the atmosphere and so I lost by a split so like crap and after (laughs) that I fought again and against Danielle and it was like another local show in Utah and I won that one by a TKO do you remember who you lost to it was to Caitlin Neal to Caitlin Neal right current Bellator fighter. Any chance we uh, can run that one back here soon? To fight, well, maybe get a rematch. Or is she a thirty-five-er? Well, she's a twenty-five-er, but um, I, I, I've already fought her, and I wouldn't mind fighting her again. But I guess my vision is moving towards that belt. Sure. So sure. I don't know if fighting her, like I wouldn't mind fighting her again. Like I'll fight anybody, but mm-hmm. if I, I want to be fighting like the next whoever's going to get me to that belt and i like like this next fight i know you know denise is a kickboxing champ so it's nothing but 
opportunities and possibilities I get this W. So I think that's how you have to start seeing the fights matched up. Like, I don't really care that I lost. I much respect to her. You know, she sure. got that W that night. But now I'm more like, okay, how do I make my way to the top? Focus Who do I need to fight? Yeah. It's a good attitude to have. Yeah. I mean, focus on what's important, your right. goals and stuff. Yeah. Like don't that get hung night, up I was on like, the losses. No. That, that, I was like, damn it, I lost. Like, crap. It could have gone either way. It was a split. So it was a definitely a learning lesson. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was like, moving forward, it's not even like an ego thing. Like, she was a better fighter that night. So cool. I was like, cool. Whatever. Just, <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, all right, now who's like now? But right now, like, I'm in a good place. Like, mm-hmm. I just fought Emily. Now I'm looking forward to this fight. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, my amateur record, though, to answer your question, was four and one. Four and one. Where, what made you decide to turn pro? So it was crazy. Before my amateur fight, as after I fought Caitlin, I fought Danielle, then um, I fought in Vegas. And I told myself going into that fight, if I win this fight, I'm going to grow pro. I'm like, if I'm going to get punched in the face, I might as well get paid. Like, For sure. No, I can't be taking that much damage and <laughs> not get paid for it. And the weight cut, I was like, might as well get paid. So mm-hmm. I, I made that decision on my own. And then I obviously talked to my coaches and my teammates. And then um, I went out there and I won. I actually had a great performance that night. Like, I did really well. It was against Hannah. And that was still at like 135. And then I came back, and I was like, all right, I'm ready to go pro. And then I made my pro debut two years ago here in Boise, and it was for a front street fight, and it was my pro debut, and it was against Ashley Dean. And holy shit, like, she can punch. (laughs) (laughs) I have never been hit so hard. Like No kidding. Yeah, she can punch. Like, it's crazy. I was like, dang, like, this, this girl came to fight. It was, I had nothing but respect for her, and I won that night, and it was because I knew what I had to do to get that win. And none of us were going for takedowns, and I went for a takedown in the third round. And, you know, she got back up, and then I'd go for it again. And I got the W by a split. But it was a definitely a good fight for me, a good challenge. And I was like, I actually am so glad that I got that fight and a tough opponent on my pro debut because it's just going to prep me and make me mentally and physically better for the next match and for my career. Like, did it, it kind of confirm your decision of going pro too? Yeah, exactly. Like this was a legit fight. Yeah, I was on this. I'm like, this girl's, she's tough. I was like, man, I was like, I've never been hit like that before, like in a fight. So I was like, this girl's tough. So you're right. It like definitely set me up like, okay, if I can take damage, I can do this. I can, you know. It's, and to go on to win. Yeah, exactly. So exciting. That's awesome. Yeah. That was for Front Street Fights. And you said that was, was that the first Front Street Fights? No, no, that was the second. I that Was, was the, that in your amateur? That was my amateur. Okay. And then I made my pro debut on Front Street. And then my second fight was for Bellator. Man, talk about a jump. Right? I mean, when you're an amateur or when you're starting your pro, pro career, before you fight for one of these big promotions, what are you thinking in your head? I mean, you do you doing any visualization of yourself in the future, like fighting for a Bellator or an Invicta or a UFC? Just thinking like, I'm going to get there one day. I mean, what's the was there any of that visualization visualization before you got to Bellator? Yeah, there definitely was, and there still is. I have a vision board in my kitchen, and it has all of my goals on there, and it it has the Bellator belt. So it's crazy. I had my purple belt on there, and you know, I was able to achieve that. And I feel like if you see it and believe it it could happen why not like your brain plays tricks on you all the time and i feel like if your goals aren't big enough that you're kind of like afraid of them 
then they're not big enough. So you have to be a little bit afraid of your goals. I think you're right. I think a lot of people like have that. Um, there's like Make that separation. Of, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, that means you know you're you're putting yourself in a position to grow. Exactly. Yeah. Make yourself uncomfortable. That's what I was always told. You know. Right. It means you're like learning something. You're like put in a position that's completely different. Right. You have to think differently to solve it. Yes. Whatever it is, you have to figure out why you don't feel that way and you have to figure it out. Exactly. Yeah. And then you grow. Yeah. That's how I feel. Yeah. Well, I think sometimes people get hung up on the fact of like, you look at the you're fighting in the UFC or fighting in Bellator and you almost think of it as like a separation from reality. It's something you watch on TV. It's something like you hear about when you're at a certain level. But like in some people's mind, it's like, I, I, dude, that's, that's a dream. That's a dream. Like that's not a real thing that I in Boise, Idaho could attain. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. So you almost have to just break through that and be like, no, no, no. I just got to like work hard and train. Oh, yeah. I can, anybody can get there. It's so crazy. And you know what's crazy is this, this didn't happen overnight. Like it was my consistency, my consistency. Like there's this book that I read and it's called The Slight Edge. And it talks about what you do daily will eventually like show as results. So by me going to the gym every day, even when I first started just to lose weight and I ended up falling in love with it, like I ended up seeing results. It didn't happen overnight. And I feel like sometimes, even including myself, like we want results right away mm -hmm. or we want things to happen right away. And that's why I, I think um, I like to do a lot of yoga. Like I did yoga before I came here. It's just because I like to enjoy each step of the way, even training camp. Like I'm enjoying all of this, like the podcast, um, the process, the training, learning new jujitsu moves, every step until fight day, just because I'm not going to be doing this forever. Mm -hmm. And so I want to embrace it. For sure. I mean, there is a shelf life on your combat sports career, unless you're Yoel Romero. Yeah. So, <laughs> so your second profile. Okay, so you have this. You have this roadmap of your goals. Yeah. Getting your purple belt. All yeah, that that's stuff. like that's what we're talking about, right? Was, <laughs> was like fight for Bellator in second fight anywhere on oh. your roadmap. <laughs> yeah. So I I don't know. It's crazy. So I'm like, after I fought like my profile, I'm like. Okay, that was a tough opponent. I always reflect on my fights. That's I think that's just who I am as a person. I do I try to reflect even on myself. Like, how can I be a better person? Like, I always just I don't know. We're, we're all gonna like die someday, and I want to like <laughs> you know it's hard to like a lot of people don't like to talk about stuff like that. And sure. I'm like, dude, it's I. How do I want to be known as? I want to be known as a good person, a good fighter. Like, do my best. I always just want to do my best. So I always reflect on all of my fights. And after I fought Ashley, I was like, man, that girl was a really tough opponent. It was a good challenge for me. So, like, well, shit, sky's the limit. Let's just see what happens. And then Bellator came into town. I'm like, oh, this would be a cool organization to fight for. Not really knowing that's who I wanted to fight for. But just the way they were treating me and other fighters, I was like, I wouldn't mind fighting for them. Like, this is so cool. How did you get the word that you were fighting for them? How did that all yeah, happen? So that's, you yeah, so I, that was, so after my, okay, so after I fought Ashley, I was like, I fought for Bellator and I liked, I, I liked the feeling of that. And then they offered me a fight because I wasn't signed with them at that time. My first fight, I wasn't signed with Bellator. It was like a, like a tryout or just an opportunity. That's mm -hmm. what it was. It was an opportunity. And um, they asked me if I wanted to fight Anastasia Yankova and she wanted to fight at 130 which a catch weight so i was like oh great yeah i'll fight at 130 and i i guess every fight i see is opportunities and right away i was like this is a good opportunity and and it was gonna be televised i was like my third fight and it's gonna be televised 
that's that's pretty awesome. That's so I'm crazy. Like, <laughs> I'm like, let's let's freaking let's take it. Like I, yeah. I wasn't scared. I was more excited. There's no additional pressure. It was no. more just like Gortz is a great opportunity. Yeah, exactly. So I went out like I was like, okay, I you know, Freddie. I sat with Freddie and talked to him, and I was like, "You think I can beat her, brother?" And he was like, "Oh yeah." He's like, "You know, like, she. I don't think she can take your hit." Because I was like, "Okay, cool." Like he said that to me too, knowing that. I was like, "Now that I think back," because I went in there, and the first minute, I I like punched her and I just rocked her. And it's crazy, because I rocked her a couple of times. Mm-hmm. That was a great fight. And it was my first televised fight. And I just wanted to go out there and make a statement to show, hey, I deserve to be here and I work hard and this is this is my purpose. This is this is where I'm at. And um I went out there and I, I felt like I, I did really well, but unfortunately I felt like I got robbed, but it's okay. Because <laughs> you lost a split decision. I lost decision, by a right? split decision. Yeah. I was like, damn. Well one it. judge thought you won. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she came up to me after the fight and she she told me you won, so I was like, "Thanks." The judge? No, she uh, Anastasia, my, the, my opponent. Yeah. yeah, and you know, no, nothing. No hard feelings it. for her. Like you know, sure. she just went out there to fight. It's nothing like that. And I know better not to leave it on the judge's hands. So I was like, "Damn it!" But it happens. So I was like, "Okay, let that fight happen." And then um, I think that was like my interview because then I. But no, actually, probably after that, I fought Brooke. I fought Brooke after that. Bellator offered me another fight, and I fought Brooke Mayo. And then after that fight is when I got my contract. Was after the after the Brooke Mayo fight? Yeah, after the Brooke Mayo is when I got my contract, I believe. So when you fought Anastasia, losing by split decision, I've always thought like losing by split decision has to be almost the worst way to lose. Because oh, it's like if you get finished, yeah. <laughs> sure, you get finished, you get clipped, you get caught, whatever. But like when you're standing there and it's like, Okay, the judges, and then you hear one call for Vita, you hear one call for Anastasia. Yeah. What are you thinking in that minute before they say what the third card is? Well, for I was hearing my name, like, yeah, I'm about to win, but I was like, damn it, you know, like my heart crushed, man. It sucked. It was it, it was like not a good feeling at all. But like now that I look back on it, I feel like I don't know. I feel like maybe. The, there needs to be different requirements for judges too. Like I don't know what they were looking at. Like sure. I can see on why they gave it to her, but I feel like I don't know. Some judges score takedowns more than others. And True. So I guess you never really know. And I know better. So now I took that as learning experience, and I'm like, okay, you go hard every minute, every second, every round. Push yourself. It's okay to get tired. Sure. And even mm-hmm. then. Is there is there thought of like you know like I don't like you said I don't know what these judges are looking for exactly I mean for all you know they could be looking for very specific things and you're pushing the striking but they're not going to score that because she just took you down therefore right. she's got the round right I but definitely I, yeah. definitely think there needs to be some requirements yeah. I mean what's the best case scenario for a ref maybe a maybe a former fighter a former, yeah, former that's coach like, somebody with some experience who knows what they're looking at yeah well I was listening to Joe Rogan on on his podcast and other fighters like we're talking about the same thing that. There should be requirements like you had to be like maybe I don't know a brown belt and above um, a former fighter Muay Thai fighter or even MMA fighter like I think there needs to be because there there's I don't think there's any requirements to be a judge is there No I don't think so I mean as long as you work for the the athletic commission right? they, they can assign you to it which is what what's a lot of controversy is in Vegas um, 
is you, you get those scorecards from some of those judges that are just so so wild and mm-hmm. you think it's so crazy. The crazy thing to me is there's been so many fights, whether it's UFC, Bellator, whatever. I mean, we're on UFC 200 or something, Bellator 200 or something. That's We're talking thousands of fights in the past 10 years, 15 mm-hmm. years. Even if you're not a fighter, you've judged and watched so many of these fights. It's like fighting. You get a lot of experience doing that. How, how have they not come to a point as a referee or a, not as a referee, as a judge to say, I've watched 2,000 fights. I know what I'm looking for. <laughs> Instead, it's like every fight is like, oh, let's see what's going on. And then there's this just disaster in judging. Yeah. Because, man, it really it messes with you. You get that loss on paper. You can't take that back. Mm-mm. It sucks. And mm-hmm. also affects your pay, too. So you're like, damn. You're not getting that fight win, are you? Exactly. So you're like, dang it. Well, that sucks. Especially when you split. Like a loss is a loss. You you get subbed or whatever. Right. You can accept the loss. But when it's a split, that just sucks. Because it's almost right there. You can it's just, reach yeah, out exactly. And then you ask. Your, after that fight, I did. Yeah. I had to reflect a lot. I was like, damn it. What didn't I do enough of? And I would go back. I'm like, I felt it. I knew it. I was like, did I? what could I have done more? And I watched film on it. And I'm, I think I'm like my worst critic. I always want to improve. Of course. And so of course. I was like, okay, well, now I know. It's all right. It happens. Sorry, I touched that. But then, <laughs> and then, I, then I went, you know, I moved on and I fought Brooke. And I knew going into that fight, I'm like, okay, I can't leave it in the judge's hands. I'm fighting in her hometown. I have to bring it. And in the third round, I, I definitely had to bring it. And <laughs> I won by stoppage. Yeah. So your fight with Brooke Mayo is in her hometown. Yeah. Was there, was there any additional pressure on that? Like they were kind of putting you out there to for her to make a statement, or was it just a fight? Well, I think every fight's important, but I try not to overthink a fight, and I try not to make it a bigger deal than what it is. I'm like, hey, Smart. I just go out there to do me, do my best, and everything will come into play. Because if I sit there and I start like overthinking it, then that's just – asking for trouble I think. For sure. <laughs> so I'm like I just I'm like I'm gonna go out there and just do my best and I was looking forward to that fight because Fedor was supposed to fight Matt that night they were the main card and then Matt wasn't able to compete because he was passing kidney stones oh man but I gotta meet Fedor oh and I had such a cool experience when I was walking out since that situation happened to Matt Fedor wasn't able to compete and as I was walking out um in the back when they're like Vita you're on deck I was like okay great I have my hood on. I always have my hood on when I'm walking out. And Fedor and I made eye contact. And, like, I put my hand out for him to give me, like, a fist pump. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and he, he looked at me, and he nodded, and he, like, dabbed hands with me. Nice. And that's when I was like, all right, I'm ready. Because nice. <laughs> cool. he's a legend. So I thought totally. that was so cool. Like a little Russian luck. Yeah. Go out there and do Go it. out there and do work. Heck that's yeah. how I, That's how I took it. And I, yeah, I went out there, and I got the W. And after that um, – my manager Alfred was able to negotiate a contract with with Bellator and stuff. And I mean, what a fight to do with your fight with Brooke Mayo is personally that's my favorite fight. Oh, thanks, I Cameron. Love that fight. <laughs> I was like geeking out watching that thing. It was so good, so back and forth. The thing that's cool about it is definitely. I mean, if there's a way to watch it, I definitely recommend people do. But not only was it good, is it such a great thing for you? I think it's a good fight for her in a way, mm-hmm. you know, because like she she fought a lot, and I think it's a great fight for like. Like, if someone was like, women's MMA, what do you mean women go out there and fight? That's one of the fights I'd use to be like, all right, 
check this out. Right. You know, it's a great statement for like women's MMA, I think, is that yeah. fight. Because you like, both just went to town. And then the third round, I mean, you, you caught her a couple times. Was, she, was it in ground and pound? Is that where you broke her, broke no. her socket? No. So it was, I threw like, I, I'm trying to think. I think I threw like a one-two and then one-two as me, like a jab cross. And then I knew she was a wrestler, so I, I was practicing as far as like not trying to rush so much. And I'm still working on that because my aggression can work in my favor, but also get me in trouble. And so I kind of pulled back. And when she came forward, I like threw like an uppercut and then I threw, I landed my cross again. And then that's when her head snapped back and I was like, oh, she's hurt. So then there's my, my aggression. I'm like, oh, I got excited. And as soon as I went to go for another hard punch, she took me down. I was like, crap. But then I, she took my back and I got out and then I did some ground and pound and then I re-hit. That ground and pound was vicious, by the way. Yeah, ground and pound's my, one of my favorites. Like when you, when you hear that thump, <laughs> it's, oh, it's, it's great. And I mean, it was vicious. Whenever you'd thump her, like it, it was so loud that it would like, it would take over the microphones. Like they'd be talking and be like, all right, Vita's, poof. she yeah. throws another, poof, and it's just like, Oh, that's vicious. Were you targeting the eye at all, or were you just throwing what was there? I would there? just throw what was there. And I instantly saw her eye, like, swelling up. Mm-hmm. But it's a fight, and I it's crazy. When you're in there, like, you see me outside of, like, the gym, and I feel like I'm a friendly person. But in the gym, like, I, it's, or when I'm fighting, like, I'm in the zone. I'm ready to go, and I can be so aggressive and, ma- like, masculine on most. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy, like, women's MMA. Because you have to, like, be fearless. Your primal instincts, I think, kind of take over. And and I think those are very much suppressed in society, Mm -hmm. like aggression in females. And by that, I mean it's, like, not really appropriate for chicks to, like, go out there starting fights. But, like, when guys are out starting fights, like, oh, whatever, it's a couple dudes just starting a fight. It's what boys do. Yeah, it's what boys do. (laughs) They're usually more aggressive, right? (laughs) No, exactly. But chicks are not. Usually they're more proper, and, like, people don't look at a woman as going out into a cage and just beating the crap out of each other. Like, that's just... It's crazy. It goes against the social norm, I guess, more so here. It's... I, I, I would think so. Uh Yeah, no, yeah, you're exactly right. It's crazy. It's like, at times, yeah, I think women probably have more to prove to in women's MMA just to show that. Yeah, you're right. Sure. But along with fighting as a a female MMA fighter, you're training with a lot of guys too. Yeah. Most of the team up until recently has been mostly male fighters. Yeah. Has that ever been strange or odd as a female or is it pretty much just No. every day? Yeah, it's like, it's crazy. Because I, when I'm rolling with them, I'm not, like, as far as grappling, doing jiu-jitsu or training with them, it's like, I see it as more like, hey, we're two humans out here competing. Like, when I'm training, mm-hmm. like, when I go with you, I'm like, we're competing. I'm trying to break your arm. You're trying to break my arm. Not really. But as far as trying to sub each other, but I don't ever think anything different. It's crazy. There are any, like stigmas that you deal with outside of the gym or any misconceptions maybe people have that you've ever had to run into or face being a female fighter yeah i've like had black eyes in the, <laughs> in the past and uh, when i was going to boise state um one of my professors asked me miss ortega are you okay and i said yeah why and he was like 
Well, I just wanted Your to face. make sure at my face, I from sparring, <laughs> I had a freaking black eye. Make sure it's and, not like a domestic situation. Yeah, or... which I thought was so thoughtful. And I have, I have like bruises on my knees and on my legs just from grappling and training. And it was summer, and he's like, "Are you okay?" I was like, "Oh yeah, thank you. Thanks for asking." And I told him what I did, and then he looked me up and. It's like, oh, that is so neat. I <laughs> was like, cool. oh, I, I thought it was so cool, though, that he cared to ask. But, yeah, I guess as a woman, like, you wouldn't – I guess I don't come off as a fighter. I don't have, like, that image. Like, I don't have, like, a six-pack or anything like that as far as that goes. Or It's just crazy. What What do you wish, like, more people knew or understood about being a female MMA fighter that maybe people don't or they expect differently? Well, I think – I can't speak for all of the women that fight, but we do have hormones, so that comes into play, and that sucks. Like, that's, like, when you're trying to cut weight, and if you're on your cycle, that that sucks. And, like, shit like that plays into an effect, and mm. it's, like, a lot of, if you've never been around it, if you've never helped a girl cut weight, that can, that can be a little bit of a challenge. And then sometimes, I think, even including myself, women overthink things and we're more emotional at times. Oh, yeah. Sure. Uh-huh. Sure. So yeah. it's crazy. Or I guess, yeah, some women can be like even more vulnerable than other women. So it's just interesting on how you react to to the fighting situation. Either you're going to fight back or you're not. It's sure. It's a roller coaster. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. like, I feel like I even threw myself off on that because no, I was like thinking about good. it. <laughs> I grew up with four sisters. I know what it's like. Yeah. Yeah, I've dealt with the emotions and the roller coasters. Yeah. Yeah. At least growing up, I dealt with all the smooth swings. They yeah, take see. it out on me because I was like the younger brother. <laughs> oh, <laughs> do, poor Tim. Do you ever train good. with like newer people to the gym that you – anybody ever tentative like when they first – because you're a female, they roll oh, with yeah. you differently or train with you differently because they – they, they don't know or they just yeah. they think in their head like okay it's a female she's smaller i need to yeah. i need to train differently with her yeah i could i could feel it like that's what jujitsu is is based off a of fill we're not talking like oh am i putting too much pressure um you know if you've ever trained jujitsu it's all based off a of fill and i can feel people like when they're really tense and i'm like man like i don't know if you're being tense because it might be an ego thing because I might sweep you right now mm-hmm. or if you're being tense because you don't want to crush me. So I kind of feel... Which is still kind of an ego thing. I, yeah, yeah, like, it is. I don't want to <laughs> accidentally <is> <laughs> hurt you. Yeah. Like, you're just a small girl. I don't want to yeah. accidentally hurt you. I mean, that's just as much an ego yeah. thing, too. So, yeah, so I'm like... Like I said, I like if I'm not in camp, I'll go... I'll roll, do jiu-jitsu sure. with whoever. But when I'm in camp, I'm very picky. But, yeah, there was a time once when I went with somebody and they were just really like grab Mikey like really hard and like kind of jerked me around. I'm like, okay, like I don't get mad, but I do compete back and he didn't want to tap and I subbed him. But nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, sweet. You could tell he was a little upset. But after that, it was crazy because then after that, I felt like we grew a relationship and it was like jujitsu is not – you have to leave your ego out the door, that's especially probably, with jujitsu. Oh, for sure, yeah. I mean, that's they talk about it all the time, but it's so real. I mean, that was probably – a really good experience for him too. Exactly. To learn and understand that. Yeah. Because it is, I mean, I train with you all the time. We roll. Mm-hmm. 
just so you know, I try to kill you every single time that <laughs> I we can roll. Tell. I can tell. So, so it's, it, it, it's, you know, it's, it's not that different, guys. It's not that different. That's funny. So, um, so you fight Brooke Mayo. Yeah, um, so I fight Brooke Awesome Mayo. fight. You end up Thanks. busting her face up. She's protesting the judges, but as good, you know, the, the doctor was the one, I think, that stopped yeah, her. Yeah, so he like, did. We can't go. And I think anybody who watches it knows that you were winning that fight anyway, but it was a super, super good fight. So coming after that, after losing that heartbreaking split decision loss. Yeah, I came to back go in and fire. Fight, oh, <laughs> and to lay it on somebody to win and really finish the fight right. too. Where were you at emotionally relative to your last fight? Oh man. So let's see. After that win or the one with Brooke? After after Brooke. After Brooke? After Brooke. Oh, after Brooke, I was like, oh man, this is great. Like this is this is how I wanted to come back was with a finish. I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to go to unanimous, a split. I wanted to come back with a finish. And that's, I was, I was definitely on cloud nine. I was so excited and happy. And then my manager told me, Hey, Bellator has that flyweight division. And then we signed. I was so excited. So I was like, man, I'm living the dream. Cause it happened at such a right, like at the perfect timing. I was working for Head Start, early Head Start, as a family, ed- like I would help with the family educators and a support specialist. And I would work with prenatal moms all the way up to three-year-olds. And so that was taking a lot of my time. And I went to school for that, for early education and just general studies. And then, um, was I going with this? <laughs> I lost my train of thought. When you found out that oh, you were Bellator Oh, Bellator yeah. Okay, so yeah. after, so I used to work with early Head Start, and then they were doing some financial cuts just with uh, different changes that were happening and as soon as I got that like released from Head Start Bellator came into play and I signed a contract so all my focus and energy went into training so it's just crazy on how it worked out so I stopped working like a full-time job and now here I am fighting it. Like, this is your full-time This is my job. full-time job. Mm-hmm. And it's like I'm living the dream. For sure. Like I wake up, I train, I'll go home, take a nap, clean my house, go train again. Eat something healthy. Eat something healthy. Rest. Rest, recover. Recover. <laughs> Drink lots of water. You know, do, do a little routine. Then it's, it's awesome. It's, it's so cool. Do you remember where you were or what you were doing when you found out you got signed? Hmm. No, I think it was probably home. I think. I don't know. I don't. I feel like I have to go relive that moment. (laughs) (laughs) It'll come to me, Cam. Don't you worry. It's all good. (laughs) So after you fight Brooke, you end up getting signed, and you fight Bruna Ellen back then. This is what, August 2017. So you're... Okay, August 2017, you're fighting Bruna Ellen. Yes. What are you thinking going into this fight? So I'm like, all right. Oh, and I'm fighting in New York, and I'm fighting in Verona. And it's crazy. Like, I went in there. New York. New York. No big deal. It's just New York. It was New York, yeah. It was, it was like Verona. Verona, I think that's, yeah. It was just a small, like, scene of, but it was still cool in New York. Heck yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what's cool about fighting, too. You get to travel. <laughs> and so, I, yeah, going out to New York was fun. But going into that fight, I was so distra- – I call them distractions because I was going through a lot of situations that were out of my control. Like three weeks before my fight, I was sparring. I went for a takedown. I hurt my shoulder, and I was like, man, like something popped. It doesn't feel right. I was like, oh, man, it, it bugs me. I'll kind of let it be. 
Then the next week, a tree branch fell on my truck, like, in the driveway. It wasn't windy. It totaled my truck. I was like, what the? F-? I was like, this is nuts. Like, my, I just totaled my truck, and this was the second week. And then a week before my fight, to fight in New York, you have to have, um, since they're fairly new to MMA, as far as having MMA um, be out there in New York, um, you have to have a pregnancy test which all the states have that, but a pregnancy test, a pap smear, and a pelvic exam. And I went down, you know, to my clinic and to my doctor to get all of those done, and he found a fibroid tumor growing out of my uterus, and so it would cause heavy bleeding. So I was like, oh, that's nuts. And this was a week before my fight, and I was like, my mind was so focused, and I'm so passionate about the sport that I asked him, is it going to cause internal bleeding, like, if it doesn't, I don't care. Like, I'm still going to be fighting. And he goes, it won't cause internal bleeding, but you can bleed out any time. And I was like, man. So that kind of was a distraction. I'm like, I might go on national TV, and the worst thing that could happen is it could look really bad and look like I started, like, my period. Like, that, you know, that that's embarrassing, even though it's part of the human body and as a woman like it happens and that might sound gross but it I was like damn like this is a lot to take in before I go out there and fight like I didn't know how, like what to think and my mind was like trying to be positive and think positive things but my shoulder didn't feel right I had heavy bleeding you know I was like crap this sucks but also um little Veta there's this girl that I am um, connected with on Instagram through ha- like a hashtag through social media we became friends she was going to go out there and I was going to finally meet her and um, so how'd you get hooked up with her in the first place oh so the story with that was I had a birthday and I wanted um, I was having it was like my birthday month and I was going to have a party and instead of having like people bring gifts for me I wanted people to bring gifts for her because I built this relationship through a hashtag like on social media, if you go and you hashtag uh, whatever, right? Uh, Ali, anything, right? A bunch of pictures pop up. Well, I had hashtag Team Vita because my friends would show their support through a hashtag. And I came across this little girl, and she was fighting cancer. And we spell our name the same, but we pronounce it different. I pronounce mine Vita, and hers is Veta. And I was like, uh, this is crazy. Like, this little girl is fighting cancer, and I'm like... Something tells me to stay connected with her. So I built a friendship just through, like, pen pals. And then we would FaceTime, and I reached out to her mom, and I told her, I hope this isn't weird, but I just want to give back. And I, I'm i asking my friends, I'm it's my birthday month, to bring gifts to her. And I'm like, she's more, like, of a hero. Like, I don't need material things. And she's like, okay. Like, thank you. And I did that, and I just built this relationship with them. And her mom was going to be out there at that time in New York. And she's like, hey, I just saw that you posted that you're going to be fighting out there. Hopefully we can go. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. So I was so excited and looking forward to somebody that I look up to as well, like a three-year-old. I looked up to her because I'm like, dude, she's fighting for her life. Like, Mm -hmm. that's freaking crazy. Like, she's so brave, fearless. And I got a chance to meet her. And it was such a cool story. So that fight was like more for her, mm-hmm. even though the outcome didn't go my way. I was like, like, that's cool. Cause she ended up beating cancer like two weeks before that. Awesome. So it was so, it was like a cool, 
like chapter of ending. You're still in touch with her now? Yeah. Yeah, we just talked not too long ago. That's great. How's she doing? She's doing well. Good. She's doing well. I told her to try jujitsu, and her mom said she might be into it. So I was like, yay! So <laughs> yeah. that made me excited. She likes dancing and stuff, too. I'm like, no, that's awesome. But I guess she tells all her little friends at school, like, oh, I know a fighter. And I'm like, that is so cool. Heck yeah. Yeah. That's a great Yeah, that's so great. I, I got a good experience out of it. I You know, I got distracted. I, when I went out there, I still lost by a split. So I'm like, damn, picture when I'm 100%, I'm going to be great. And so I reflected on that fight. Got to meet little Veta. I came back and my blood count was all low and I turned anemic and it was just nuts. Jeez. I had to start from the very bottom. Like I would try to run a mile and my body wouldn't let me. Like I felt like I weighed like 200 pounds. It was the craziest thing. Like I would do jits with hits, uh, Jake's class. It's on Monday nights. And I remember trying to go back into it after I had surgery because they removed the, the fibroid tumor and I would like feel dizzy and he's like hey you look pale you need to probably sit out and I'm like okay like it was so weird so I had to start from the very very bottom like and get my health back then get in shape and then get into fight shape so then I fought in Oklahoma and then oh, there's where we're at as far as the journey goes <laughs> sorry so was I talking a lot no you're good you're good you're fine so you fight with Bruna in New York facing all these these crazy things, especially medically. And like oh yeah, you, I, like I you said, tore my labrum. Shit, oh. I tore my labrum. No big deal. It's just just that's a like, yeah, Isn't that crazy? So I was like, damn it. And that that's was a training. I doing, yeah, and that's what, so I started doing PRP. What's PRP? I don't even know what it stands for, but I know what they do with it. <laughs> <laughs> <What> <laughs> do you know what it stands for? No, I have no idea. It's like pressure it's like point plasma. therapy. No, or it's like it's plasma, but they um, take blood. Like they draw blood out of my body and then they spin it and then the proteins go to the top and it looks like it's like yellow, looks like an egg yolk. Right. And they take that out and then they inject it into where you have an injury. And so with a labrum tear, that's just with time where you have to have surgery. And I like live by it. It's crazy. Really? Like it, I opt out of surgery because of it. That's crazy. Yeah. Huh. I, and I heard about it through Joe Rogan's podcast. Like one of the fighters talked about mm -hmm. it and Alliance Medicine, one of my sponsors, shout out to them. <laughs> if it was like they're keeping me healthy, like they're keeping me healthy for sure. So they offered that and I was like, no way. Like, this is so cool. Yeah, I definitely want to try it because I didn't want to have surgery because after I got back, I re-injured. Like my shoulder was hurting because sure. the adrenaline and the fight. And I was like, I need to get it checked out. I got it checked out. And yeah, they told me that I had to tear labrum. So I was like, crap, do I have surgery? Do I not? Like I said, I'm 30. I'm not getting any younger, and this journey is very, very temp. So right. I opt out of surgery. I just thought it would be the better decision, and I feel great now. And surgery is guaranteed time out of training. Exactly. Guaranteed. That's like months, too. Yes. Well, and you were out for a while. I mean, August of yeah, 2017 I, I so to like, July of next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So now I have this little fire in me. That's why I'm excited. You're just getting back to getting started. Like you said, just restarting, basically. I, I, I really, I re like, I had to be motivated. Like, when I was running, I was like, man, this shit sucks. I couldn't run a mile. Like, I was like, I feel out of breath. I'm going to pass out. I looked pale. I was like, this is, this sucks. And that's, I was like, I need to get motivated. Like, if I want to get to the top, like, I need to dig deep and be motivated. And I just kept going every day, every day. And now, now I'm back to, yeah. back to running. You're rocking. Yeah. I, mean, I feel like you're in better shape now than you were 
before oh, he ever yeah. got sick anyway. It's crazy. That's nuts. They're yeah. talking about coming back strong. I know. Holy cow. So excited. Let me go find <laughs> em- Emily Ducote, somebody who's got twice the pro experience you do at the time. Yeah, and she's a challenger, too. For she it. is a challenger. I mean, that's after a year almost layoff. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking going into this fight? Oh, man. That was crazy. I was very excited because I was like, man, if I beat this girl on paper, it's going to look so nice. Like, if I beat her on paper, it's going to look so nice. And I did. I went out there just... I, I didn't put any pressure on myself. I knew what I wanted to do, and that was to perform well. And I got a lot of compliments saying that I did perform really well. And I was just trained really hard. And I, I was like, I know it's going to pay off. Your boxing looked, like, way better than your, the fight before that. You're oh, always a good boxer. Oh, thank you. But it was, Thanks. like, a noticeable difference in your hands, I noticed, in your Thanks. fight than your previous fight with the uh, – Bruna yeah, Bruna. Yeah, I felt like I was just trying to swing for the fences. I wasn't very picking my shots, and that's what I'm focused on this fight too: picking my shots, mm-hmm. going in, going out, because my aggression will work in my favor, and then it also gets me in trouble. So I'll close the distance, then I'm like, "Oh crap!" So I've really been working on that. It looked great. Did Thanks. A, did, a, did a great job. Thank you. So after being injured, dealing with sickness, having a year layoff, you go out and <laughs> fight. You win. Where are you at at this point? How are you feeling? I feel good. <laughs> I feel so good. No, I'm really excited just because there's so many things I'm looking forward to about this fight. I haven't fought with my teammates in over two years because I've been fighting with Bellator and it's like it's only been me. Mm-hmm. So it's cool to, to be fighting on the same card as Andrew Cruz, Kyle, Steven, even like Johnny and Josh, people That's that are from be Boise. A great fight. So. Like Vince, even though he doesn't train with us, like it's cool that it's we're having fighter. local fighters. Mm-hmm. So I think that's pretty cool. That's what I'm excited about. And I'm fighting in Boise, so I'm having more support than ever. Because I already get a lot of support even when I travel. Like I said, my friends and well, my mom goes and my brother goes, and people watch it at Dave and Buster's at times. For sure. So now just fighting in my hometown, I'm really looking forward well, to it. Well, you're already getting to be like a full-fledged celebrity. You know? I mean, you got like <laughs> well over 10,000 followers on Instagram. <laughs> I mean, what's that like? What's it, what's it like to just have that kind of support on social media and have fans? Like you have legit fans. That's so cool. <laughs> I know now <laughs> that I think about it because it's crazy because if I don't know you, I feel like did we meet before? Because I've had people come up to me and be like, hey, Vita. And I'm like, hey. I'm like, damn it. Like, I know that I know this person, or maybe I don't. And sometimes I don't. They're like, oh, I follow you on social media, or I follow you, or your fighting career. And I'm like, oh, thank you. And I want to get to know them just as much as they're following my journey. So I'm really grateful for it. It's pretty cool. Then I've had some creepers before, too. That's kind of weird. Okay, so (laughs) what's that like, being a female fighter on Instagram? I mean, like you said, he had some creepers. What's that like? Yeah. You deal with some douchebags. Trying to buy dirty socks off you. No. <laughs> like, I, I, this one time, had this guy just send me a dick pic just through, a, mm. like, on my fan page. Mm-hmm. Just flat. And I was like, whoa. Like, that was uncalled for. And I just don't even acknowledge it. Because I'm like, you're not going to get my attention in a negative way. Not that it's a negative thing. But I was like, this is not how I want to be interacting with you. Like, that's. That's not me. I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> and like, I was like, I don't know why you think that was going to get my attention. Yeah, so I was like, a perfect hi, you probably would have got a better response. You you would have. You would have. Yeah, I would have said hi sure. back. But for somebody just to do that, I'm like, where? No. Yeah. That's 
say so hi. So you'll get yeah, you'll get some weird pic. stuff like that. She know she knows also gotten like I don't know if like stuff like that, but we've talked about being girl fighters because yeah, she know Van Hoos fights for Invicta. She probably has to deal with a lot of that too. Yeah, she's yeah. We're like two peas in a pod. We're always hanging out. Always. <laughs> Do you guys compare? Like, look at this idiot. Look at this guy. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. I'm like, dude. This or we'll guy's talk wiener. About- <laughs> Check this guy out. <laughs> that is so funny. No, but we talk about like because we get each other, like as far as being friends and training partners. We yeah. have something in common. It's a very similar lifestyle. Exactly. You know, similar training, similar. I mean, your careers are pretty similar too. Invicta is in its own right a exactly. really big organization, great for women's MMA, and doing great things. And she's been fighting for them for a long time too. Yeah. So you're both on like a really high trajectory. Yeah. Which is cool. That's got. I mean, fighting with your brother's cool, but having a friend, another a female, female fighter, exactly. Like she, you know, where your careers are very in tandem. And you have such a good relationship. That's got to be something special. Yeah, it's really cool. So we get each other as far as like having an off day or having good days sure. or creepers. Whatever. Or creepers. <laughs> creepers. <laughs> no, those, that's got to cool. be the best. <laughs> so how do people follow you on social media if they want to follow you? Um, you? Well, everything's just Vita Ortega. Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. Just my first and last name. Do you have a nickname? Like a nick. Well, Vita's my nickname. Did you know that? Did no. you know that about me? So I know your brother's name is Alfredo. Yeah. <laughs> I learned that. Yeah. So my name is Elvira in English. And in Spanish, it's Elvira. And I couldn't pronounce my name when I was little. So I just started calling, I think, myself Vita. And then Freddie started calling me Vita. And everybody just started calling me Vita. So that's that's my nickname. But I don't have a fighting name. No. That, yeah, no. I got a fighting name. No. Not yet. You guys can help me think of one. Vita, Vita's a pretty cool nickname. I'm down mm-hmm. with that. <laughs> so you got this fight in sep- on September 21st. So September 21st this year has some extra significance to you we were talking about earlier. Tell me yeah. about that. Yeah, I was, I was telling Cameron earlier, Tim, that um, in the Hispanic culture, you have a quinceanera mm-hmm. when you turn 15. You had one, right? <laughs> oh yeah my dress was on point <laughs> so pink <laughs> that's hilarious it's all about the french i love quinceaneras i've been to a couple of them they're fun they're parties right? man. y'all know how to dance. party and dance it's weird that you still I go to quinceaneras it. <laughs> no, growing up i'd been to a couple i had some friends well, that's awesome yeah so i had a quinceanera um when i turned 15 and when i signed my contract to fight at September 21st I told my mom hey I'm gonna be fighting in September she's like oh cool what day and I was like oh September 21st and she goes hey did you know that's the day that you had your quinceanera and I was like no shit <laughs> I was so excited because I was like that was 15 years ago like that's when you're turning into like your womanhood adulthood, your yeah. adulthood yeah and now your rite of passage basically exactly yeah. and now here I am 15 years later on that day it's still my day. That's I'm, I'm, day. I'm taking it as good energy. I'm like, it's still, it has to be my day. Yeah. The universe is lining up. So <laughs> when you're born, so when you're 15, then you have your quinceanera when you're on September 21st, 15 years ago. That's yeah. the first 15 years. Start the second 15 years. Did you have any idea this is where you'd be at another 15 years? No. Where, what were your hopes and dreams when you were 15 years old? What did I you, when know. I want to grow up, when I grow up, I want to be what? Well, Do you even a, remember? No. I feel like when I... Growing up, I was just more, 
my parents always told me I could do whatever I want to do. My dad's like, whatever. I believe in you. If you want to be a doctor, be a doctor. He's like, I believe in anything you do. I'm like, okay, cool. But I never, I didn't know what I wanted to become. Shit, I still don't know what I want to become. But obviously, I think I'm good at this. So sure. I'm like, I'm going to stick with this and make this a, be a career. So I didn't think I was going to be a fighter. I thought I was going to be maybe like a professional athlete in basketball because I love basketball. And I played softball. Like I told you earlier, cheerleading. So I thought something in sports, but not MMA. It's so crazy. It's crazy where it takes you. I right? know. That's nuts. So then you're fighting this month, September 21st. It's going to start like another 15-year chapter with like a crazy no. event. 15 years later, can we come back For to sure. this show? Absolutely. <laughs> I'll bust it up with all sorts of bumps <laughs> and bruises and surgeries and stuff. That's so funny. <laughs> talk competing. about, yeah, talk about how life's going at that mm -hmm. time. Well, what do you see in the next 15 years? What do you think? Shit, I don't know. Man, I think I'll still be in the MMA industry. I don't know, maybe commentating. I should probably start talking to Front Street or somebody so I can start getting some practice in. I think that would be fun. Is that what you want to do? I think that would be fun. That's super cool. Yeah. I just because I know what they're feeling. And I know, I just, I, I don't know. I, just, I know the sport. It makes such a difference when a commentator is, there's commentators that they have that are, that are like good speakers. Like when um, like DC, DC Mike Goldberg a, got started. Oh, yeah. Good speaker. Didn't know anything about MMA. Then you get guys like DC or Frank Mir is one of my favorites too, mm -hmm. or Chael Sonnen that know the sport intimately. And when they talk about it, it's a whole different world of commentating. Yeah. So having somebody like you with that experience would be yeah. awesome. See, I think that would be cool. And or a female commentator would be cool too. Yeah, see? That'd be rad. Mm -hmm. That'd be so cool. Or maybe managing, being a manager. Something in MMA. Like, I can see myself, yes, doing some, something what, in MMA still. What about coaching? Oh, I, yeah. I feel like I'm a good coach. I mean, you coach now. I do. I help I help out with the kids' class. Do you see yourself doing it when you're done competing? Just yeah. continuing to coach? Oh, yeah, for sure. I have to build the next prodigies. For sure. What, what? We, have, we have, like, the flyweight squad at our gym. They're all amateur fighters, and they're all good. They are all good. Yes, they are all very good. Kyla Salami. Noah. Noah Schultz. Briley Streeter. Yeah, they're all good. David Akers. Yeah. A lot of good. Yeah, they're upcoming talent. And then Freddie's a flyweight. Freddie's a flyweight. You're a flyweight. Too. What's yeah. the deal with 125 pound fighters, man? That's Jeez. where it's at. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. And then you work with even smaller. You're working with the kids. All the little yeah. kids. What's it like coaching kids? I love coaching kids. It's just different. They're kids are kids. They're 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 confident, and I just love that they're just out there to have fun. They're not. Sometimes they'll be, they'll be fighting, and you're like, "Hey, dude, don't tickle each other. We got we got to be focused." And they're play fighting. And, well, he's pulling my hair. You're like, "Okay." So it's a little challenging, but it's so much fun because you can see the talent in the kids, just the sure. way they move their bodies. Like I feel like even babies, like they naturally know how to do jujitsu. Like not infant, like little, little, but like maybe like at seven months, eight months, like they can naturally do a technical stand up. Do you think part of it's like the confidence? Because when I watch like, okay, I'm a terrible wrestler, but when I watch people at the gym go for takedowns and stuff, I feel like a lot of the reason they don't have success is not because they don't know the takedown. It's because they don't have the confidence to just shoot. Whereas the people that like just do it, like the little kids, I see little kids shoot on each other and they're daydreaming about like transformers. Yeah. And they just go in and shoot. <laughs> have you and, ever like, watched kids jujitsu? No. <laughs> you should. It's, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's hilarious, man. It's like a, 
It's like the most adorable violence ever. You guys, you guys <laughs> should post videos like kids jits and oh, like little should. videos of kids just doing funny stuff. People love watching kids do funny shit. Yeah, it's funny. You know what my favorite part about kids' classes? What's that? What? I'm currently undefeated. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great for me. <laughs> Oh, Cameron. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I'm excited for your next 15 years. I mean, you and I have known each other for a long, long time. I'm I sure know. we're both going to do this gym thing until we die. So I know. It's in our a, blood. A lot to see. <laughs> so on your roadmap, you fight in September or on September 21st. Yes. What's next on your roadmap? Well, I'm gonna, until then, I'm going to keep training hard, stay focused, go out there, get a W. And then after that, whatever Bellator, I think I renegotiate my contract too. I think it's coming up. So, I like I said, it's nothing but possibilities. You know, I go out there and I win, just climbing up the ladder. Keep going until you yeah, get that belt. I'm just yeah, I'm just riding the wave. I'm just enjoying it and doing what. Like when they're like, "Hey, you have a fight," I'm like, "Okay, I know what I got to do. I have to go out there and start training hard, and everything else is going to take care of itself." For sure. Who's and the current champ? Lima. Alima McFarlane. I think she's undefeated. As so, a fi- as a fighter in Bellator, do you? I, I mean, I assume you're a fa- you're a fan of MMA. You like to watch. Oh MMA. yeah, for sure. Do you find yourself watching some people as a fan and some people as like a fighter, where you might potentially fight this person, or when you watch, are you just geeking out? Oh, it's like a little bit of both. So if I'm watching men's division, obviously I'm not thinking I'm going to sure. fight them. Of course, but. I like watching their styles, their technique, and I try to pick up some things. But when I'm watching women's MMA, if you're flyweight, yeah, I'm paying attention. Just just in case you never know. You never know because it's still growing. So you never know if you might be able, if you are going to fight them. True. And you got a big division, too. I mean. I know. It's growing. It's surprising how many people are in your division. It's a lot. A lot of flyweights. Yeah, they, Bellator only has two right now for women, 125 and 145. That's right. And UFC has three. Three? One, 115, 125. 135. 135. Oh, and, and one, 145, so they have four. Four now. I remember back in the day, Dana saying women had never fight in the UFC. I know. And now it's like literally some of the best fights ever. Yeah, for sure. And some of the best fighters. For sure. I mean, it's great. It's great for the sport. It's great for entertainment. I mean, it's awesome stuff. So how do people watch your fight? Is it on, I mean, you're going to be on the main card. I so is gonna it going to be on the main it's card. It's going to be televised. Yes, it'll be on Paramount. Par- so instead of Spike TV, uh-huh. Paramount bought Spike, so it's Paramount Network. Okay. I believe it's still the same channel. Yeah, so I'll be on the main card. So I'm so excited. So people can just tune in and watch. And we're the only women's fight. See, there's so many things to be excited about. Boise. The only women that are fighting. What's else? What else? What else? There's so many things. <laughs> televised. Oh, televised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's my day. Cause and my it's your day. <laughs> day. When was your quinceanera, Tim? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was cold. It, it was, was in <laughs> December. So many years ago. But, man, that dress. <laughs> <laughs> so pink and sparkly. So much French. My crown. That's so <laughs> <laughs> it's all about you. It's your it's your day. It's you do your it day. It's all about me. But, see, well, I guess that's but funny. wouldn't it be my quinceanero? <laughs> yeah. Because I'm a guy. Yeah. Yeah. Is there one for guys? I no, don't, I, don't I don't think, think so. so. Wow. Maybe nowadays. Mm. Right. I've never heard of that. I don't know, but 
there there's parties be, there's parties for everything there needs to be change everybody <laughs> needs to be equal <laughs> we need quinceaneros now that's funny uh, it'd be a good, good excuse to go party right heck yeah. go dance heck yeah i love dancing so if people are in boise <laughs> or they're coming to boise how do they get tickets um CenturyLink. CenturyLink has tickets and some of the fighters at svg the local fighters they have tickets so yeah i definitely go and if you're in Boise, September 21st, <laughs> get tickets and go. It's going to be. Yeah. I mean, the card, it's exciting that you're on there. The rest of the card is awesome. Oh, too. yeah. It is a stacked Yeah, card. it's so it's cool. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be an awesome night. I'm so excited. I'm more excited about this card than I am about the UFC one that came into town. Like, that was cool. Oh, cool. But this card is rad. Yeah. Like that that uh, Rafael Lovato fight with John Salter. <sighs> I'm excited. There's so excited. It's going to be some jujitsu. I know. Down. I love jets. Tim, you need to try jets. I'll come in. Yes. I'll have to come in and do One it. of these days. Yeah. Do you do anything outside of training? Or do, you just, do you just train and eat? Do you have other hobbies? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like to binge watch on Netflix. That's what I do usually when I'm in camp is I binge watch shows like what are you Narcos, New Girl. I Narcos watch all sorts of shit. Narcos is my jam. <laughs> do you guys have I, any recommendations? I love Narcos. I don't have time to watch TV, honestly. No? No, I just cut my cable, and I'm. I don't de- have cable either. And I only have I have Netflix and Narcos is on Netflix. Yeah, it Amazon is. Prime. What is Narcos? Oh, I have heard that's good. <sighs> yeah. My problem is I usually turn it on when I'm working because that's oh. the only time don't I do like have time. You to You have to like I know pay attention. Have to, I mean like ninety percent <laughs> of it's in Spanish, so you're reading most of the time. Mm-hmm. So worth it though. Well, okay. wait. Do you do you understand Spanish? I understand Spanish pretty well. Yeah. yeah. See. So. You, might have, you might not have to read it. Cameron. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> what am I, w- I don't. When I was a kid, I went to a Spanish-speaking elementary school. It was an immersion school. Uh-huh. And so the first day of first grade, I showed him. It was all in Spanish. And everything on the walls, teachers yeah. spoke to me in Spanish and everything like that. And uh, I just remember, like, when I moved here, I missed it so much that, like, they had the Spanish channel up here. So yeah. I'd, like, watch Spanish soap operas because that was the only thing that was in Spanish. <laughs> no like, on yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So it was like super drama, and my mom would always like she she would always laugh at me not knowing that I would like really understand most of what they're saying. Yeah, um, she knew I understood Spanish because I mean, my teachers all thought I was like a little mentally slow <laughs> because I couldn't write in English and oh, whatnot. Wow. Like I could speak well, but I learned everything in Spanish. So like all my sentence structures were backwards. That is like, crazy. My descriptors, yeah, my adjectives and everything was backwards because when you're speaking in Spanish, the structure of the language is a little bit backwards as far as like sentencing. No, you know, for or sure. The way you structure and your, well, your descriptors and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah. So that was one of my guilty pleasures as a kid. I'd turn on like the daytime dramas and just hang out and be like, Man, I wish I had somebody who speaks Spanish too. Cause like that was what I did when I was a kid. That you know? is so cool. Yeah. I've got some homework off the, I'll have to show you one of these days. Yeah. Like all these stories and like all these things that I wrote and I've kept it. It's in like in a box somewhere. That is so cool. Funny stories. My favorite thing about people who are bilingual, like English and Spanish, is when they are are saying like one sentence, but they switch between languages like Mm -hmm. multiple times. And I'm just like how do you do that? And then the person responds the same way where they like start Spanish, switch to English, switch back to Spanish. I'm just like Yeah. Spanglish, right? Sp- it is Spanglish. Yeah. What a skill. Well, my dad speaks Spanish to us, and my mom speaks Spanish to us, but we respond in English to my mom, and then we respond in Spanish to my dad. Like, 
but they both speak Spanish. I don't know why we do that. Does Freddie ever corner you in Spanish so your opponent doesn't know what, you're, what he's saying? No, but he should. He should. Well, my, even Michael Ransom's uh, another coach, and he corners me too. He knows Spanish too. I, yeah, they really should. Yeah. Should be an advantage. They yeah. don't know what's coming. I might giggle because like, okay, <laughs> I don't think Freddie and I ever talk like talk to each other in Spanish. I'm gonna go tell him now. That'll be funny. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. But yeah. Well, I appreciate your time, Vita. Thanks for coming on and chatting with us and telling us your story. And yeah, I had and, such uh, a good time. This awesome. was so cool. This is my first podcast. Well, good. Yeah, well, you have to come back. Definitely. Yeah. I want you to come I don't back. Know if you want to come back and promote the show beforehand, just let him know. He's the one booking it. So, so you know, this is so cool. Yeah. Do you want to give any parting shout outs to, to anybody? Yeah, I'm going to give shout outs to all of my sponsors, Venom. Well, I want to give a, a shout out to um, my team first, Combat Fitness and SBG, and then my coaches, Jesse, Matt May, Freddie, Michael Ransom, um, Rock Armor. That's where I do my strength and conditioning. They've helped me out a lot, D-Mike, and let's see who else. I have somebody. Oh, G-Sound. They've, um, they're have they a speaker, and it's so cool. It's, like, waterproof, and it's a, they've been getting me through my workouts when I'm running and stuff and shadow boxing and is listening there, to music. Is there a current giveaway on? There is. Doing? So they, how do people Go to my social media, and you follow them. You tag a friend, and I'll be giving away some items that they had sent me. Sweet. And then um, Essential Yoga. They've been one of my sponsors. Yeah, it's good mental preparation. It's been helping me out, and I I hope I didn't miss anybody else. That's right. They, fuck bags. They're fuck bags. Spirit. They are. I know. There's a lot of people. Have Said a lot Venom. of support. Yeah. Clothing line. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Sent me my gear. So I'm really excited. Are you guys gonna go to the fights? Definitely. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. Cool. Very awesome.